Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. Len Martez, I'm giving you the first intro this week. Maybe you'll give me props on that one. He is one half of this dynamic duo. I'm Trey Downey, the other half, but we'll go back to the one, the only, the Len Martez. Why What's change? up, man? Why the change? I need I need to know what's the ulterior motive here. Do you have my best interest? What's going to on? Be on it, to be honest, to be honest, I was just I don't know what was going on in my brain. I just started saying your name, so I had to roll with it for the rest. Say of the my intro. name. Say my name. That was not Beyonce. She is not a special guest uh, on this week's podcast, nor Kelly Rowland or Michelle Williams. I think they still had the original four back when they did that song, but I don't remember their names. But that's neither here. You just ran three out of the four of them. So uh, uh, Michelle wasn't in the original. Michelle form. wasn't the original. I, yeah, Kelly. Kelly I, and Beyonce sh- were. I'm showing too much of my uh, Destiny's Child. Stop watching those documentaries, there. man. Uh, Beyonce did the rest of them wrong anyway. She did the the other three members wrong anyway. (laughs) Like most groups, when they disband, mm, you know, somebody always comes out ahead. And she Beyonce was the Shawn Michaels of Destiny's Child. Uh, the two that you never hear from anymore. Those must be yeah, the, but, yeah, the Marty Janetti. Yeah, but I no, because Kelly Rowland, Kelly, Kelly Rowland's above. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm yeah. I'm saying the two that the two that got the two that yeah, in the original yeah, four Kelly, that got out. Kelly's no Marty Janetti. She's no Marty Janetti. <laughs> yeah, Lynn, Lynn said before this podcast, before we started rolling, that he was delirious today, and we've already spent the first couple minutes talking about the. The different just iterations pull the of Destiny's back, man. Child. Just pull the curtain back. Said so I was delirious because uh, clanging and banging, man. Two workouts today already, and it's only three o'clock in the afternoon. So how many uh, more are you gonna get in? I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I think I'm through. You know, me, me and Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. You know, kind of working out when everyone else is sleeping. Yeah, yeah. you are sleeping when I'm when I'm in my first workout. Trade down. I, no, I know for sure. Yeah. I might have still been no. I wasn't sleeping when you were doing your second workout today. I was probably on my on my run actually when you were doing your uh, your second workout today. But uh, we're gonna talk about other workouts, workouts on the football field that these guys are getting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they head into a Halloween matchup with a divisional rival and facing a former face in familiar face in Jameis Winston. We will get to that. We will take one final look back at last week against the Chicago Bears and a record-setting performance by Tom Brady, a great game from Mike Evans. We will get into all of that, but your quick social reminder here at the top of the show, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can probably find him on fansofkellyroland.com on their uh, message no, boards. No, I'm not a fan of hers. Don't be, don't be spreading that. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will fess up to who I'm, I'm a fan of. And I mean, she's cool and everything and I like some of her, her music, but I'm, I'm no, I'm no fanboy when it comes to her. I'm a fanboy of Halle Berry's. <laughs> I'm a fanboy of Megan Goods. I'm a fanboy of Sophia, Sophia Fagaris. Uh, yeah. Don't make me go, don't make me go social media IG on your butt. Cause I don't even have an IG account. Neither do I. Yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. you, sir. Yeah. I do not. And you can follow me on Twitter, not IG <laughs> at TD. Yeah. And who are you following on Twitter? <laughs> I'm following Elmar810. And you know uh, who else I'm following uh-huh. on Twitter? Bucks Nation. Yeah. At Bucks underscore yeah. nation. Clean it up. And as, and as always, Clean check up. out bucksnation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lynn Martez, let's get into it. Let's go back to last week against the Chicago Bears. An absolutely dominant performance from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Lynn, more than anything, coming out of that game, because it was absolutely dominant and in every facet. I don't think there's a ton to talk about with what went on on the field, but I want to talk about what everybody was talking about after the game. I want to talk about the situation where uh, Mike Evans, oh, no. always, you don't, you don't even want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. 
Well, I'm I'm gonna talk. Wait, about you it can for talk a about it. Go ahead. To, go ahead. You beat, don't have to respond. Beat that. Beat that dead horse. Oh, the guy should have got. We got more. He should have held out for more. Oh, everyone talks like that, and that's the thing. The thing about stuff like here, I'm talking about it. The thing about stuff like that is everyone talks all big and tough. You don't know what you would not, do if you're in that not situation. Being in that situation, exactly. Yeah. That's how it is with everything. Oh, if that was me, I'd have punched him in his face. Oh, if that was me, I wouldn't have gave that ball up. Oh, if that was me, I would have done this, that, and everything else. And people talk, and they're not even in a situation. And if they're in a situation, God bless uh, Mr. Kennedy who got that football and got what he got from it. If I was in that situation, think about it. You're in the stands, dude. You got tons of people around you. You're not giving that ball back with a little negotiation and stop. Oh no, I would have held out for half a million dollars. Stop. Well, he, so here's the thing. Like when, when it originally happened and I put out, I would just ask for Super Bowl tickets if they went. This is me. This is me not even realizing that like what that it comes out afterwards, what that ball probably would have been worth, like multiple six figures on the on the open market like and what i'm saying like me in my head like when it initially happened and it happened so quickly and i'm watching it on tv i don't even have the excitement of getting that of getting that ball in the stands i'm not even equating it to the ball being worth that much so to an extent i understand why he why he ended up giving giving away the ball to agree to only give it up for a little bit of store credit the guy was caught up in the moment. He didn't he just felt, get store credit though, Trey. He got no original. No, no, no. Originally, that was that was what was agreed to, and I do appreciate store credit, helmets, cleats, jerseys, yes, that another all, ball. That that all came that all came afterwards, and I really do appreciate the Bucks taking care of him, getting the guy season tickets for the rest of this year and then all of next year. And like I said, I do hope that uh he gets to go he they uh fly him out to the super bowl in la if they are to uh to make the super bowl this year but it's just a cool thing and it goes to show uh that these guys will take care of you know on the back end maybe he did what he got didn't equate for five hundred thousand dollars but i i believe the guy either is it's or over six is. figures what he got it's well over six figures and what he got the Bitcoin he got, the tickets oh, in itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, tickets in Tom. itself. Not only that, Gronk threw something in that's worth- I uh, didn't hear about the Gronk thing. Gronk threw something that's worth over $50,000. So, I mean- And you got to question how quickly and does he get all of this if he, re- if he truly plays hardball, that type of thing. So, obviously, he's in the good graces. And hopefully, the guy gets has some kind of relationship with- with Mike and Tom going forward. Cause that's probably the most valuable thing would be to, to, a and like I said, like the guy either is, or is uh, training studying to be a doctor already. Medicine, so, yes. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, did he get, did he get the exact amount of what the ball would have been worth in the open market? Somewhere close to half a million dollars. No, but the dude made out again, over six figures in what he got. And I, I and I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking in terms of what he did. This is this my point in saying this is the fact that everyone, oh, he didn't get enough. Stop. Because again, if you were in that situation, you'd have melted down. Melted. Here's the ball back. Take it, take it, take it, take it. You got pom-poms. You've been happy. Please. Judging that dude for what he did. So, again, man, you get you get put in situations and and everyone's everyone's a big tough guy. Tough guy. Oh, I would have did this. I would have did that. Oh, I would have taken off. I would have left the stadium and would have called the Bucks afterwards. Oh, I would have auctioned it off. I would to the highest bidder. Stop yourselves. Like I said, I hope the guy gets some get some interaction, some one-on-one time, maybe a round of golf or something with Tom Brady. Because to be honest, that's pr- that's priceless. For that. You're not. And I think that, that he got shot down. Yeah. <laughs> he asked for that. And honestly, too, I mean, 
you know, unless a guy offers, unless, unless Brady offers, if, if Brady says, hey, you know, hey, let's, let's do golf. You know, let's play golf together. Then it'd be great. But if you insisting on playing with Tom Brady, like, I, it's, that's like, that's like, again, being being somewhere where you're not wanted <laughs> yeah or or ask to if brady, if brady doesn't want to play golf with you and you ask to play golf with him brady's like no dude we're not playing golf Get, well, heck, you know, uh, well then i won't give you the ball back it's like you can't hold him hostage and play, to play around the golf because he doesn't want to play with you he he's a young guy maybe ask for you know a night on night on the town partying with gronk Something like that, you know. These are these are the priceless, uh, priceless type of things that you could that you could get with the just the you roster that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. That. You can find Gronk. Don't worry, you'll find Gronk somewhere in the future, hanging out, partying, and call up call up Mojo. Figure out where he's gonna where he's, he's gonna, gonna be. That Actually, night. I think Mojo might have been involved in the giveaway too. <laughs> See, I, I do think it's I, originally I was like, wow, this is all that there. This is all that the guy's getting, but. Brady, the Bucks, Mike, and now you informed me of the Gronk thing. Really did end up taking care taking care of the guy. And the reason I went there, as far as the game goes, do you think that there's anything to super discuss from that game? I mean, a little bit. the The Bucks, to me, just the the surgical precision to steal a line from a former colleague of both of ours of that offense is absolutely amazing at this point. But what but what has what has impressed me? I said it a couple of weeks ago with all the injuries to the secondary that they were entering a good. If there was any kind of good stretch in the schedule for them to have these kind these kind of injuries, that this was that stretch. But the fact that the defense performed so well now, this is still going to be an indictment on Matt Nagy and the uh, play calling. Say, they played the that. Bears, dude. Yeah the play calling of that offense and like the Eagles had their, the Eagles had their moments. The Dolphins had a little bit of moments, but with, with the secondary that they have, it is still impressive that they were able, that they were able to have the performances they were over the past, over the past few weeks. Because if you look at that, you got third and fourth teamers out there and that the you're playing NFL teams with NFL with, high quality uh wide receivers a Heisman trophy winner on the on the eagles Allen robinson who's doing nothing for the bears and now it's being reported that he's possibly on the trade block uh heading into the trade deadline matt and aggie they got to get matt and aggie out of there first of all but still i was still impressed that the defense was able to be that impressive even though the Bears' offense is what it is. Negative. Khalil Herbert still had over 100 yards. Good for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't. I mean, did they force turnovers? Yes, they forced four, five turnovers. Did they have sacks? Yeah, they had four sacks. But I mean, the anemic Bears' offense. More importantly for me, was on the other side of the ball. And Tom was Tom. I mean, 20 of 36, four TDs, all in the first half, 211 yards, all that good stuff. But more importantly was how they ran the football. We can talk about how anemic the Bears' offense is, but the Bucks ran the football on Sunday. They had 150 rushing yards. I mean, there was a Ronald Jones siding who had 10 carries for 63 yards, and then Leonard Fournette is the number one back, had 15 carries and 81 yards. So that, to me, is at least one thing I take out of that game beyond the whole giving the ball back Tom 600 touchdown thing. It was, it was how I think the Rojo, the Rojo thing is, is notable combination dude. Again, they, they ran up the thing. The four net thing has been, has been rolling along. He played phenomenal in the game, but that's being able to combine about, yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the offensive line too. Don't forget. This is again, this is an offensive line that, for the most part, as successful as it's been, for the most part, has been pass blocking. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't been blocked. They haven't been running a whole lot. And granted, Tom's doing what he's doing, leading the NFL and passing yards and, and touchdowns. But to have that success running in the football the way they did against a good defense, 
Say what you want about the offense. Yeah, they the defense might be thinking they got to pitch shutouts to win football games or close to it. But in the end, the Bucs ran the football impressively against a, a, a solid defense. And, and because of that, that's, that's the thing I take out of Sunday more than anything else. I mean, th- their ability to run the football is going to be huge come playoff time because there are teams that are like the Bucs with, with one loss. <laughs> you can add one from last night. <laughs> there are teams with we'll get one into loss. That later. Oh, that's fine. There's a, there are teams in the in the conference with one loss that can't do that. That can't run the football like they can. And come late January, you want to play in February. Guess what you're gonna have to do? Exactly what the Bucks did on Sunday and run the football consistently. Yeah, I mean, depending on who has home field advantage and stuff, I think you're. I think you still put too much stock into into running the football and you can say that all you want there's a today's day and age in NFL. as the playoffs go further and further along teams get better and better defensively and because of that that's where you have to be balanced that's i mean say what you want that's how it is the level of competition gets better and better each round and as it is now, were the Chiefs super balanced each of the past two years? There's anomalies. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna be anomalies in a situation, but again, when you're talking about having those five teams with one loss, mm-hmm. those teams are gonna those teams are gonna go down to the wire battling for home field advantage and get and getting that one buy. So four of those five teams are gonna play, are going to play the whole playoffs, and if one of those four teams makes it into the Super Bowl, they would have played every round. And you know what happens every round? Competition gets tougher and tougher. And because of that, you have to have a complete toolbox for your offense. And again, it makes it a whole lot easier to play you defensively if all you can do is spread out everybody wide and try to throw the football on my defense. No, I'm with you. But if you if you are elite at that aspect, I think that I think if you have a really solid running game in today's NFL, yes, it helps. But I don't think you need to run the ball just for the sake of running the ball. That's that's just the mindset has to the mindset has to be again to be balanced because at some point again you're going to be playing in the playoffs. Every round, unless you have that buy, and the more you play the, the, against tougher competition, the more you're exposed, the more you're exposed to facing a team that could stop you for what you're good at doing. There may come a time where the Cardinals pay, play a team that, you know what, all of a sudden plays them very well in what they do. Strength versus strength. Happened last night. Then what do you do? Then what do you do? Then you you got to be able to turn to something else. No, no, no. I know. I'm just the the Cardinals are are an interesting case study because you look at what they did against the Rams, and the Rams are good against the run, and they have the best cornerback in the NFL. So the Rams it's hard to find a a weakness on on their defense. But I want to save that talk because I want to get into those top five teams in the NFC, and then I want to get into where are the wild card is going to come from. But one of them might come from who the Bucs are playing this Sunday, and that is the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. And the Saints, I have to give James Winston credit. This point in the season, he has 13 touchdowns and three interceptions. He's on pace with 40 TDs, dude. And and the only and the only game that he that was really a bad James game. game was Carolina in, in week two. And other than that, he hasn't thrown he hasn't thrown for over 300 yards all season long. But if you're going to take this Jameis over the course of the season, this is a Jameis Winston that can get you that can get you to the playoffs. Did you not hear me? He's on pace to throw 40 TDs. 13, 13 through what? Six games? Yeah. Yeah, right about because the extra game he is on pretty pace close. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. 
yeah. To throw for, uh-huh. to, yeah, it's close. And, he, it's and, close. and, and, and when you start if he throws talking- for, for, if he throws for 40 touchdowns and nine interceptions, if he stays on, if he stays on this, even if he has 15, this pace, dude, 40 and 15, hundred percent under 20, under 20 interceptions. I'm fine with all it. the crap about the 33 and 30, the 30 and 30 club. And, and he only got to throw 30 TDs and 30 interceptions. And then the following year, he, or, or actually not the following year, but two years later, he go he throws for 40 TDs and maybe and I'll even go high. 15 interceptions. Come on, man. He cut the he cut the INTs, he cut the INTs in half. But here's the thing about the Saints offense. He's on he's had four games this year with a zero in that interception call. And you know what? Here's the reason. Here's part of the reason why. Because it goes back to what we just talked about. And and, and I won't I won't hammer away again on the running game, but He's never had that safety valve that he has in Alvin Kamara. It just it's, it's that's the reality. In addition to that, the Saints run the football about 53% of the time of their offensive plays. That's number one in the NFL. They run it more than anybody else. And because of that, that's why he's putting up those zeros in the INTs, because they're not making him throw the football. They're just yep. not. And when he does throw it again, he has that. Kamara had, had what he had on, on Monday night, uh, that game against Seattle, where he had over 100 yards receiving as a running back. Yeah. That's his yeah. guy. James, and, That's and his James guy now. Walk. And he's never had that guy before. No, for sure. He did. I, I watched a good portion of that game against, against Seattle, and James, James didn't look great, but they won the game and he didn't turn over the football. Which I think is all that you can, which is all that you can ask for. This game, the Saints' offense looks very different. They are not pushing the ball down the field like they did with, like they did with Drew Brees in in years past. And obviously, they don't have their number one receiver in Michael Thomas either, which I think is, which I think is a big part of it. This week, they make a trade. Mark Ingram heading back to New Orleans, which might even bolster that uh, that rushing attack that you're that you're talking about. But I think when you I think when you look at this game, even though the Bucks are likely to get Richard Sherman back this Sunday, and the Bucks are likely to get back Levante David, I think the weakness of this defense is still going to have to be that secondary. And I'm going to be interested to see how Sean Payton and the Saints attack this this Bucks defense, and if he does put it on Jameis a little bit more this Sunday. Because the Bucks' run defense is still stellar, and you're getting Levante David back, I think that they are going to have to throw the ball uh, a little bit more if they're going to have, if they're going to beat this team. Because the Saints have not played a, a really solid offensive team all season long, other than that, you know, first week of the season in Jacksonville against the Packers, which a lot, of, especially now, look back at that game. As, as kind of fool's gold, especially on the, on the Packers' behalf, this is by far the best offense that the, the Saints have played all season. And I don't see them, while they do have good players on defense, I don't expect, I don't expect to see, you know, a 10-10 game in the fourth quarter like we saw uh, this past Monday night against Seattle. I think that this is going to have to be a game where they're going to have to rely on Jameis a little bit more than they have so far this season. They may rely on rely on him a little bit more, but because you don't want the Bucks offense on the field, there's more reason to run the football and to take care of it the way he has. This but are they going to be able to have that kind of success against the Bucks run defense? It doesn't have to. It, it does. Wait a second, though, because some certain teams may run the football. But also their passing game is their run game too. Whether it's whether it's bubble screens, whether it's yeah. getting the ball out to Kamara, whatever it is, it doesn't have to go downfield. Is what I'm saying. You don't have to throw the ball 20 yards plus down the field, and you can still have those 10, 12 play drives, not necessarily running the football straight up the middle between the tackles, but again using the short passing game to move the football down the field, to keep the Bucs' defense honest, and again, not so much attacking that number one rushing defense. 
there's ways to do it. And Sean Payton will find ways to do it. He's that, he's that daggone good. It's just a matter of how much Jameis accepts, accepts what they're going to give him defensively. I think to, to be perfectly honest, I think that I think that Jameis is going to want to prove something in in this in there this football go. game. There you here, go. here I go. You're here in Jameis's head now all of a sudden. Here, here I go. And I think personally, maybe this is guided by the past. I think Jame, I think Jameis is good for is good for two interceptions on Sunday. And I don't I personally don't think that this game is going to be that close because I think at some point I think that the, the Saints are going to have to abandon that rushing attack because I think the Bucs are going to score. And I think that at, at some point, if the, running against this number one run defense, I don't, think that, I don't think that they're going to have a ton of success. And I think that getting Levante David back is huge in terms of that screen game and being able to stop Kamara out of when he gets out of the backfield and getting the ball to him quickly. I think that is a very big part of this. Now, if the Bucs were still without Levante David, I might have a little bit of more skepticism as far as Kamara being able to have a big game catching the football. But I think that that is a, a big part of it. And I personally think that the Saints don't match up all that well uh, against the Buccaneers. And I think that this is a, I think that this is a situation where the Bucs are going to put the Saints in situations where they're not comfortable. And the way they've ran the offense this year is not built to play from behind. And we've all seen throughout all the years here in Tampa what it looks like when Jameis Winston is forced to play from behind. Let me ask you a question. The, the Bucs beat the Saints last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you realize before that, and I, and I, and I know Jameis was that quarterback for, for some of these games, but before that playoff game, the Bucs had lost to the Saints five straight times. No, no, no. I'm, and I remember, oh, I remember week one. And that's the same defense. The, 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 last, the last three meetings, the playoff game and the two prior to that with Tom at quarterback. So you're telling me about the defense. And that defense is the same. That defense is the same that it was a year ago. And it was... Two years ago, hold on, two years ago, okay? So as much as you can talk about, you can talk about Jameis maybe putting in them bad situations, Drew Brees couldn't throw the football downfield last year. In two, ga- in two games that the Bucks lost to the Saints, he couldn't throw the ball down, down the field. And in addition to the playoff game he lost, he couldn't throw the ball down the field. I think... You're, you're losing the fact that this defense is pretty much the same that the Saints have seen. And because of that, Sean Payton's going to have his game plan to make sure that Jameis isn't in the situations to where he's throwing the ball. I'm not saying he's not going to take his shots, but there'll be less shots and there'll be more of, again, controlling the football so that number 12, TB. 12, Tom Brady, the number one pass in the NFL, is on the sidelines. That's the only, you may say it's not going to be close, and you may be right, but that's the only way the Saints win this football game. And because of that, Sean Payton's going to gear his offense to that. And he's already been successful in attacking his defense that way. But here's what, here's what I'm saying as far as the defense. Yes, the defense played well against the Buccaneers last year, but the Bucs offense wasn't clicking on this I'm not talking about level. the Saints defense. I'm talking about the Bucs defense being the same the last two years in the time no, yeah, the, yeah, Saints yeah. Have beaten, yeah. the Saints have beaten the Bucs. And again, they did it with a quarterback that very rarely had the ability to throw the football 25 yards down the field. Again, Sean Payton's going to structure his offense to make sure that Jameis doesn't have to take those shots but, he will take but it, shots but it won't be the number one reason to move the football for them on sunday but all that's out the window if the bucks score 21 in the first quarter that's true but you think that you that's think what i same, that's what i'm saying okay that's but you think I'm the same defense is that bad i don't think it's that bad i think that the bucks offense is 
clicking at a historic level right now where I don't trust any defense in the NFL to be able to stop the Bucks offense right now. I mean, uh, I mean, the, the one game they lost, Los Angeles did a pretty good job. No, no, no yeah, I'm with you there. But the, I mean, look at how they've performed since then. Ooh, the Bucks? Yes. Okay, that's fine. But but you just told me you don't trust any defense, and I just gave you one that that did it, and it was a no, 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 no. That yeah, no, that was what five weeks ago at this point. But also the four, the Saints four, but that's fine. The Saints defense isn't the Rams defense. Yes, uh, I mean, Lattimore they has, may, they Lattimore, may have, Lattimore they has, has, they may not have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but they, they got some guys over there. Yes, Demario Davis got, is, is, is on a sack one, dude. I mean, Cam Jordan, Cam who Jordan. always, who always yes. likes to talk trash Licks about Donald Smith. Cam Jordan, yeah, 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 Licks we know that. The Bucks. they got so a few I'm guys gonna, over there, and, and 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 as good as and as good as 13 is, 13 don't have big games against against Marshall. Lattimore, so okay, it's true. All right. are you, the way you're talking, are you are you leaning? I'm not picking you, them. I'm not picking the Saints. No? no, I'm not picking them. But I think it's going to be like a 23-17 game. I think it's going to be a very close football game. And I think I and I and I don't I don't see the Bucks going up and down the football field, dumb. Because I think I think the Saints will have a game plan offensively to make sure that TB12 stays on the sidelines. That's the only way you can beat this football team. That's the only way you can beat the Bucks. You, you got to keep Tom on the sidelines. He's clearly playing the best football of any quarterback in the NFL right now. There's no one better. No one's playing better quarterback than Tom Brady right now. I don't care. You can bring up the names, throw the names out there. No one's playing better quarterback than Tom Brady. The right only now. one you could have said was Lamar Jackson, and that was before Negative. last week. Negative, okay? There's no one been from beginning to end this season as consistent as Tom and, again, no, no one. And because of that, the only way you're going to beat this team is by keeping him on this sidelines. They are clicking offensively. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about an offense that's at a historic pace in addition to the 17th game they're going to play. I mean, they scored 35 points in the first in the first half on on Sunday against a capable defense. I mean, For granted, sure. granted. The Bears helped him field position and had some turnovers. But look around the league. Plenty of teams get turnovers and don't take advantage of being in the red zone and, and, mm -hmm. and all different kinds of things. I mean, heck, the Packers played the, the Washington football team on Sunday. And, they, and the Washington football team moved up and down the field and got in the red zone about five times. You know how many times they scored? Zero times. So teams struggled. Teams don't know to take advantage of every opportunity. Tom Brady and the Bucks are taking advantage of every opportunity they have, which again is the reason why you want to beat this football team. You better win time and possession, and you better keep that offense off the football field. You can keep them off the football field as much as you want, but I think that this offense is at a at a level to where they don't even need to win time of possession to, I don't disagree. to win the football game. And I, I don't, and I, I, listen, I don't disagree. But see, here's the thing, because you have to have those big plays. You have to have those big plays. Mm -hmm. And against the Saints, I just mentioned 13, ain't having those big plays. And you don't have those, Antonio Brown on Sunday. And you don't have Antonio Brown. And, and we still questionable about Gronk. So, I mean – you can talk about not having to win time of possession, but Sunday's a big deal if you don't win time of possession or you don't get those. You got to get one or two. You better get those big plays if you don't win time of possession. And historically, I mean, just based off of what's happened over the last couple of years, they haven't had a whole lot of big plays against this defense. And it's also, and it is also for first place in the division. Saints are four and two coming into coming into this football game. And if they win, they, they, it would be a tie at five and two atop the NFC South. And I want to get into it. to be six and two if, if. or six and two. Yeah. 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 Cause the Saints have already had their, Bye. their bye week, but uh, I want to get into um, the NFC, the NFC as a whole, because the way that this NFL season is shaping up is, is pretty odd. I mean, the five teams with the best record in the NFL are all in the NFC and even, 
I'll, I'll ask you because I'm not a hundred percent sure <laughs> because I was going to say, I think, I think we both, we both can agree at this point that those top five teams in the NFC that we all, ex- that we both expect them to be in the playoffs. Or do you think the wheels could completely fall off for Arizona? No, 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 no. I mean, I, I could see them losing again a game or two b- before the season ends. I mean, I, but you think that they're a playoff team at this no, point? They're gonna the win, the, no, they're going to win. No, they're, they're, I mean, here's the thing though. I, they're a top five. They're a top five team. They'll, they'll be in the playoffs. But here's so, the thing. so we both, so we both agree. Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Cardinals, Packers, all playoff teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here, here's where I was going to go after that. The Saints are four and two. They sit as one of the wild cards right now. And though I think there is a serious drop off. I could see any of those five teams, maybe not the, make the Super Bowl. I think it's more of a fab four than necessarily a fab five in the NFC because I don't consider the Cowboys on those other teams level just yet. But I think that the way that the rest of the NFC East looks right now, I don't see any of those teams overtaking the Cowboys for, for uh, that division title. But I think it's interesting where the wild cards are going to come from in the NFC right now as we near the halfway point of the NFL season. The Saints are in good position. It looked through the first three weeks of the season that the Carolina Panthers were in good position, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like that anymore. And through the first three weeks of the season, it looked like the Atlanta Falcons were going to have a top five draft pick, but now they've won three straight. They play Carolina on Sunday to possibly move to four and three. And then you've got a team like Minnesota as well that had early season struggles, but now they're back to 500 competing for a playoff spot. The Bears are not out of it. Or the New York Giants. The Are the New York Giants even? Let's, let's not just take. Let's, let's let's not just take records. Let's take a, let's 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 take let's take stock in those football teams you mentioned. No, I'm for sure. I'm, I want to ask you who where right now. Where do you see the the wild cards coming from? Are you high enough on the Saints to be confident in their playoff chances? And if you are. Where is the other one coming from? Do you believe that much in Atlanta? Do you think Carolina could turn things around? Minnesota, where are you going with that with that other wild card team? Because San Francisco, they don't look too good right now either. No. After starting the season good, no. I, listen, if you if whether you're the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, no, you know, no, yeah, no, Geno Smith. Whether you're Seattle, whether you're San Francisco, Carolina, Chicago, the Giants, the Eagles. Washington football team, go ahead and start thinking about whether you're going to keep your coach and general manager and start thinking about moving forward for 2022. You're playing out the string. That's the reality. That is the reality. Minnesota, offensively, they are, they are scary. Probably have the second best back in the NFC if not the third best back in the NFC in Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy, Kirk Cousins is, if he was a little more consistent, but I mean, they got probably the most underrated tandem wide receivers in the NFL mm-hmm. and dealing Jefferson. Jefferson. So I mean, I would, I would put more stock into them than I would in, in the other teams that you mentioned. Here's the thing though. You, you keep slipping up on this dude. And the NFC East is what it is. I talked about those teams. Talked about teams that, or every other team in, in the division is two and five, except for Dallas. You could not buy Dallas as much as you buy those other teams, but those other teams play teams in that division that are a whole lot better than the Washington Football Team and the Eagles and the Giants. And because of that, I'm with you. Dallas will load up on the wins. And you know what possibly could happen? They could be that team that ends up with the bye. Not because they're better than the other teams we mentioned, but it's because the Arizona Cardinals have to play the Rams twice. And all of a sudden, those two teams got to go at it, as opposed to the Cowboys who get to play the Washington football team and every other stinking team in the NFC East. That's 
that's the reality. Same thing with Green Bay. Green Bay has to play Minnesota, who's a decent football team. Tampa Bay has to play New Orleans. You mentioned Atlanta. I mean, the Cowboys, again, may not be the best team in the NFC, but they may end up with the best record just based off of who they play and who they don't have to play and watching those other teams battle the way they're going to battle because all Arizona has to do is lose another game and, and, and LA is in first place and Arizona all of a sudden is a wild card. So, yep. and they may be better than Dallas, but they will be playing that first weekend and Dallas could not be, could be with the bye because they won 15 games because they play in the NFC East. I want to transition, take this, but kind of transition into what we do at the end of the show every week and look ahead to what games we're most interested in this coming Sunday. And one that is intriguing to me is the other divisional matchup in the NFL. Right now. And uh, Carolina starts three and O they've lost four straight. They benched Sam Darnold, uh, He's going to start this weekend, but they benched him uh, last game. Now Atlanta, they started 0-3, but then they've won three straight and are to 3-3. and Len, if I told you right now, today, October 29th, 2021, that come the first weekend of January, either Atlanta or Carolina squeaks into the playoffs as the final wild card, right now, which one would you believe in more? I got to choose one of them. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I don't like where you're going. I guess Atlanta because, I mean, right now they're getting better quarterback play. You don't know when McCaffrey's going to come back. I mean, Carolina's in disarray. Why would I pick them? I don't know. It's just a matter of questions. There's so many questions involved in, in, in Carolina as opposed to Atlanta where they have a they have a running back who's a wide receiver who has been productive as heck since week one in Cordero mm-hmm. pa- Patterson. Kyle Pitts has been balling the last three weeks over what 125 yards receiving in the last three games, something along those lines. Ridley's healthy now. So offensively, they're getting their, their act together. I, I'm not so much in love with their defense, but if I gotta choose one of those two teams stuck with choosing one of those two i'm probably going to choose atlanta because the way carolina's playing currently right now i mean your boys out there seeing ghosts again and and as it is they are they were rumored to be in the sweeps the 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 hunt and sweepstakes for that guy in houston so i mean if you're talking about where they smoke this fire i know it's a rumor but we're coming up on the trade deadline if you're talking about acquiring that guy or, 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 or switching quarterbacks after seven games, you want me to put stock in your team when you're going to get, you get ready to change the most important position on the football field? That ain't happening. That's not happening. It's just, a, it's, it's just crazy to me where the NFC is that Atlanta does look real good right now Consider because if you – it just depends, I guess, on how much you believe in New Orleans and how much you believe in Minnesota, because those are the two teams with the wild card with the wild card right now. And I'm not fully convinced on, on either of those teams and the way Atlanta is playing. Yes, it hasn't been against the greatest of competition, but momentum is a real thing. And once they've started to integrate Kyle Pitts into that offense, I think that that is a team that that could be dangerous. And what they're what they're doing offensively is is really impressive to me right now. And maybe that game that they played very close against the Buccaneers and, and Raymond James stadium up until the fourth quarter, wasn't a huge anomaly. That's fine. But here's the thing. I mean, it, you can talk about not really being sold on Minnesota or nuance just yet. It's by default, dude. I mean, because oh, the amount sure. of, because the amount of teams that make the playoffs I mean, we the can, Bears got in last year. We can talk about we can talk about the the cream of the, you know the cream that is at the top of the NFC. I mean, and 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 those teams are really good. That there are there are things. There's an argument that could be made that they're the five best teams in the NFL. Combination wise, you start looking at 
the variables of, of football from just complimentary football, those teams. There aren't a lot of holes in those five teams. They just aren't a lot of holes. I mean, last night you saw it. You saw the Packers win a game where they're missing the top three wide receivers. And they beat the team that was the lone undefeated team in the NFL week eight. So those teams, again, don't have a whole lot of holes. And because of that, that's the cream. But when you start talking about, oh, really not buying Minnesota or New Orleans, you look behind them. Because, yeah. because you're talking teams, about Atlanta and Carolina. Those teams are not very good, dude. They're not very yeah. good. I mean, I, it's, I, one I, of the, I can give you the, the Falcons. I can give you the Falcons, as I mentioned earlier, in regards to how they're on the up when it comes to currently right now. I mean, like I said, you, I mean, yeah, Carolina, ooh, ooh. And I told you that was going to happen anyway. But you want to pick them for 10 wins. One of the more interesting things is going to be... I'm seeing ghosts out there. I'm seeing ghosts. Is going to be when, when Seattle gets Russell Wilson back. Because if it's... Not, if it, but look at the... I'm, I'm telling you, they're two and five right now. Okay. But the last wild card team right now, it belongs to a three and three record. So That's they, fine. Could, they could conceivably get into the playoffs with... I mean, could we see an eight and nine team get Here's that last wild card? We might, but it won't be Seattle. You want to know why? Because they play they play in their division. They have two of the top five teams yeah. in their division, and they yeah. play them four times. Yeah. That's four losses, dude. That's four mm-hmm. losses. I don't care if it's Geno or Russell. You know what they don't have anymore? The Legion of Boom. That defense is bad. And I know New Orleans only scored 13 points, but it was almost like they only wanted to score 13 points on Monday night. They're like, let's just score 13 and get on out of here. <laughs> 12th man, let's get on out of here. <laughs> Seattle's not a good football team. I mean, you, they, you can talk about Russell, Russell Wilson all you want. Um, they still have issues on the offensive line. Metcalf. For sure. Weapons. They got weapons on the outside. Okay, great. But defensively, woo, they can't stop anyone. And and again, and again, when you start talking about, oh, well, you know, we might have a team that's eight and nine make the playoffs. Yeah, but Seattle's not going to finish eight and nine because they play the Rams and they play the Cardinals. And that bus going to get spanked when they play those teams because those two teams are two of the best in the NFL. So let's let's talk about the other game that I'm interested in this week, and it involves two more of the NFC teams. I feel I feel like last week, in the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about AFC matchups as the the best matchups of the week, and I'm going to be interested in Sunday Night Football, man. Halloween night, the Cowboys heading to Minnesota to face the Vikings, and this is a big game for for Minnesota because I think if Minnesota can beat Dallas then I think that you can start talking about them as possibly one of those teams that you can be confident in as far as a playoff spot in, in the NFC. And these teams to me match up very interestingly, because I think, especially if you look at the offensive side of the ball, the way that they like to run the football, both teams, and then you have weapons at the receiver position where you can push the ball down the field. The offenses are very similar of uh, these two teams in terms of, what they're good at. So to me, it's going to be a battle of which defense can get stops in the red zone and possibly force turnovers. I think that this one is a very important one for, uh, for Minnesota. No, I actually thought this would be, the, would be the game of my most interest to this week. I like the Chargers Patriots, uh, the Chargers Patriots matchup in the AFC, but this Cowboys Vikings matchup has me intrigued. One, because there's questions about Dak, number four, how healthy he is. That's number one. And that's Mm -hmm. huge. That's huge because as good as they are, as good as Dallas is, top five team in this conference, you don't have four, you got problems. But besides that, we'll get a few. We'll we'll get a a view and, and and a real look at 
the Minnesota Vikings. If Minnesota wants to be real about being in the playoffs this year, Sunday night's the measurement stick. It's the measurement stick. You're at home. It's a Sunday night game. You're, you're basically on, on, a, on the upswing when it comes to your team. And granted, the, the Packers are two games ahead of them in the division. If they're able to win on Sunday, they put themselves in a pretty good position when it comes to the wild card. And granted, it'll only be week nine, but four and three sounds a whole lot better than three and four when you're trying to be when you're trying to be a wild card team. And if and if they end up losing Sunday night, you can come back here next week. I, I'm not you can and don't even ask me about Minnesota again because this is the true test right here. And I, and I'm not saying end all be all beat Dallas, but at least look good. At least look good because again, Dallas is a top five team in the NFC. Look good if you're going to lose. They come out and put a stinker up, man. Well, and let's and team you want to Detroit. You want to talk about you want to talk about moving forward. Next week they go to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson in yeah. Baltimore. You want to go there so, three and four, so you can come out three and five. Yeah. So uh, next week the Bucks are going to be on a bye week, but we will still we will still be back next week to talk about what happens against the New Orleans Saints, and then. It's a really good, even with the Bucks off, it's a really good slate next weekend. You got Browns, Bengals, Falcons, Saints. I already talked about uh, uh, Vikings, Ravens, and then another great Sunday night football game with the Tennessee Titans, who have all, all of a sudden turned into one of the better teams in the NFL, heading to L.A. to face the Rams. So we'll have a ton of time to talk about all of those great games next week and look back at the Bucks versus the Saints and what happens on Halloween. Once again, he is Lynn Martez. Follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Don't forget, check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis and click that subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. Happy Halloween. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.